Turn with me now to Yaakov, the book of James in the English, chapter 3, and we'll be beginning in verse number 13. The title of this message is Two Wisdoms. You may be asking yourself, two wisdoms? Well, there's the wisdom of God. He's the one that created everything. Everything that that is now came from him. He's the source. Humankind is the source. He knew that our father and mother, Adam and Eve, would rebel against him. So he provided provision for us. And so with that, there's a source of wisdom. So let us begin in verse 13. Who among you is wise and understanding? Let him demonstrate it by his good way of life. By actions done in humility. That grows out of wisdom. But if you harbor in your hearts bitter jealousy and self-ambition, don't boast and attack the truth with lies. This wisdom is not the kind that comes down from above. On the contrary, it is worldly, unspiritual, and demonic. For where there is jealousy and selfish ambition, there will be disharmony and every foul practice. But wisdom from above is first all pure, then peaceful, then kind, open to reason, and full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. And peacemakers who sow seed in peace raise a harvest of righteousness. There's a lot there, is there not? Praise be unto God. And so today we're going to be comparing these two types of wisdom. And if we are truly honest, before we came to know Messiah intimately, we followed after the wisdom of what? The wisdom of this world. Following our own instincts, our own plans, our own schemes. We're living our lives unto ourselves. Or we would go to some people who are more mature and inquire of them what their opinion, what was their counsel on this or that matter. Still worldly wisdom, but not godly wisdom. And so I'd like to us to first take a look at this. This is called wisdom from heaven. The supply of God's wisdom never runs dry. It comes continually from heaven to meet the demands of each hour. These are seven characteristics of wisdom from heaven. 
And let's look closely at that. The first one is listed in the verses I just read is purity. Purity is first of Yaakov's James list because heavenly wisdom is based upon God's holiness. Yaakov, James 4.8. God is morally blameless and therefore is incapable of producing evil. So God in his wisdom is holy and pure. Next, we need to look at the next category, peace-loving. True shalom peace is always an outgrowth of purity. This is a blessing conferred by God. And how do we know this? From the book of Proverbs in the Hebrew, it's pronounced Mishli, chapter 3, verses 13 through 18. You'll notice I'm not turning to these verses today because that's homework for those who are listening online and for the podcast and those who are in person. Another area that proves that God's wisdom is peace-loving is from Isaiah in the Hebrew, Yeshiahu, chapter 26 and verse 3. And lastly, Philippians chapter 4, and verse number seven. And so with this, this peace-loving wisdom, when peace and shalom of God flows, the purity of God's wisdom into our hearts and lives, it will affect those also all around us. Next, God's wisdom is considerate. Strife comes from following the world's wisdom. But being considerate or gentle is a characteristic of Yeshua's servants. And how do we know that from Scripture? From Matthew chapter 11 and verse number 29. Also evidence of this is 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 1. Another portion of Scripture. 2 Timothy chapter 2 and 24, and also Titus chapter 3 and verse number 2. The fourth, fourth characteristic of God's wisdom is that it's submissive. Remember what Yeshua said? I've not come to do my own will, but that of the Father. And everything you see me do I do in his name. And that was to bring glory and point everyone to the Father. Because in God's administration, the Father is first, the Son is second, and the Ruach, the Holy Spirit, the Ruach HaKodesh, is the third part of the Trinity. And if you ever contemplate their relationship with one another, there's no strife, there's no jealousy, there's no bitterness. But the three walk in unity together, just so as the body of the Messiah should do likewise, as they walk in God's wisdom, 
and not the wisdom of the world. If you're looking for example, look at the triune God. God the Father, who's Abba, Father God. Yeshua, His Son. And the Ruach HaKodesh, who literally dwells within you and I. Contemplate that just for one second here. God has given His best to you. The Father. He's allowed His Son to come and die upon that execution stake die upon that tree, but to raise from the dead and offer his own blood to forgive all our sins. But God the Father did not stop there. He said, now I'm going to give you the Ruach, the third part of the Trinity, and he shall dwell within you. He will convict you and comfort you. He will point out sin in your life. He will continue to do the sanctification process that you have received at the time when you cried out to receive Yeshua as your Messiah who touched and healed you. You were then born of the Spirit and now you're temples of the living God. And how are we supposed to take care of these temples if we're not following God's wisdom on its maintenance and upkeep? And know this, that literally the third part of the triune God dwells within each and every believer. And he's perfecting us and preparing us for the day when we'll enter into the marriage with the Lamb of God who's taken away our sins. So continuing here. Submissive. This word could also be translated willing to yield or to take instructions. Think of the the story of the two brothers. And the father came up to the one brother and said, I want you to go to work. And he said, Father, yes, I'll go. But he did not. And the other one refused at first, and the later he went and did his father's will. To which of the sons honored the father? not just with the words of his mouth, but the actions. Do that in comparative in your mind and heart. So submissive, this word could also be translated willing to yield or to take instructions. Are you allowing, when you have service, when you have troubles in your life, when you have to make a life decision, whether it's a major or minor, do you bring it before the Lord in prayer? Do you ask the Spirit of the living God to give you wisdom and knowledge and understanding and discernment? Are you submissive to God's instructions? God's wisdom has a conciliatory spirit and listens to reason. See, our minds are being transformed to the mind of Messiah where we can stand before people and say, I am here not to do my own will, to draw people unto me, but I'm here to do the will of the Father, his instruction, his bidding, and I'm going to submit myself to that because I know the Father's thoughts are far greater than mine. He sees the beginning from the end, and I can put my trust in him. The fifth portion of the wisdom of God 
is it's full of mercy and good fruit. God's wisdom, like our love, must be demonstrated in in word and in truth. Next, the wisdom of God is impartial. Those who possess heavenly wisdom do not discriminate against others, nor are they uncertain within themselves. They do not take a position in one circumstance and then change their position when the circumstances change. God's definition of marriage is between one biological male and one biological female. What's the world saying today? What is our own Supreme Court saying today? But what does the wisdom of God say that's unchanging? Remember, who created man and woman? Who established the holy union of matrimony? It was God the Father. Do you trust him for his wisdom? Or do you desire to walk after the world's wisdom? Continuing. The wisdom of God is impartial. Those who possess heavenly wisdom do not discriminate against others, nor are they uncertain within themselves. They do not take a position in one of the circumstances and then change their position when it comes when the circumstances change. And you may say, Rabbi Frank, you just said what you just said. That needs to be repeated today. Because what's happening? The body of Messiah is going after the wisdom of world to fit in. To fill up the congregations with people who want to do things that's of their own desire and hearts and plans. Did not the Lord say that in the latter days it will be like the days of Noah? Noah, That people will be doing what it seems right in their own eyes but it leads to destruction. And they're setting themselves up for destruction. They're being deceived by Hasatan himself, who is the author of all worldly wisdom. Continuing. Lastly, wisdom, godly wisdom is sincere. The hypocrite says one thing, but does another. Wisdom from above is sincere and real. There's no game playing, no mask wearing, and no acting. So now, let's dig a little deeper. The wisdom of the world has spanned in the heart of Hasatan the devil, who lied against the truth of God. And how do we know this? How was that scene played out? In the book of Genesis, which in Hebrews bears you chapter 3. I encourage you to read that chapter on your own. You know, there's a lot of people right now that made a New Year's resolution. They're going to read through the Bible in one year. I encourage you to continue on that course. To hide the word of God in your heart. In that you will not sin against him. Next, worldly wisdom promises knowledge. But it produces what? Disobedience. How do we know this? The evidence, Berejit in the Hebrew Genesis chapter 3 verses 4 and 6. It seeks to please itself. 
It is earthly instead of pleasing to God. It creates what? Both chaos and strife. It's unscriptural, and it is powered by the demonic forces of hell. Think about this AI. AI has the potential to have greater brilliance than human beings. If believers are controlling AI through the wisdom of God's word, it will glorify God. But if it's being controlled by those who are walking to deception, who then is orchestrating it? The father of lies. He that brings deception. He that desires that every man, woman, and child ever born never to be reconciled to God the Father through his son Yeshua by the empowering, equipping, and enabling and the transformation, sanctification process of the Ruach HaKodesh. He cannot hurt God physically or in any way, but he can hurt what God loves. And that's every man, woman, and child who's ever been created in the image that has been created in the image and likeness of God. And so right now, there are a lot of people getting all excited about this AI. But if godly men and women are not in control, then Satan's going to take over. And you know what Satan's desire? To rob, to kill, and to destroy. I encourage everyone to get literal book Bibles because our electronic devices very soon may be compromised. Continuing, praise be unto God. And how do we know this? That earthly wisdom is unscriptural? We know this from Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. And this is what it says this. There. You used to be dead because of your sins and acts of disobedience. You walked in the ways of the olam hazeh. That's the way of the, this world. And obeyed the ruler and the powers of the air. And who's called the prince of the power of the air? Hasatan, Satan, the devil, who is still at work among the disobedient. Indeed, we all live this way, right? To be honest, absolutely. We all live this way and we followed the passions of our old nature and obeyed the wishes of our old nature and our thoughts in our natural condition. And we were headed for God's wrath to be eternally separated from him. Just like everyone else. That was our former state. Now we've been delivered. But still daily we battle whether we are going to follow the wisdom of God that is written in the scriptures or we're going to go ahead and try to figure out 
and solve our problems on our own. Or we may go to another human being and say, I need some advice, I need some counsel here. We need first to spend time in prayer and praying and asking the Spirit of the living God that dwells within us to give us the wisdom, the knowledge, and the discernment so we'll be obedient even in our simple and great life choices. And if not, we're walking in rebellion. If you step off just one degree and not following God's wisdom and knowledge, discernment, understanding, we're walking away from him one step at a time. Continuing. 1 John chapter 2, verses 15 through 17 says this. Do not love the world or the things of the world. But what is being said in congregations right now around the world? You're now to live your best life now. Simply raise up your hands and demand of your heavenly Father to give you all these things. To fulfill your selfish desires. But your heavenly Father knows what you need. He has discernment. He has wisdom. And there are times when we do not have the wisdom. Are we willing to ask? Praise be to God. So do not love the world or the things of the world. If someone loves the world, then the love of the Father is not in him. What did you say, Rabbi? If you love the world, then the love of the Father is not in him. You may be asked, well, why? Because all the things of this world, the desires of the old nature, the desires of the eyes, and the pretensions of life, are not from the Father, but from the world. And who's behind the world system? Asatan. And the world is passing away along with its desires, but whoever does God's will will remain forever. Did not Yeshua say, if you want to be my disciple, my Talmudine, you're to take what? You're to take your execution stake, place it upon your shoulder, and follow after him. And anyone turning back and looking back, just like Lot's wife did, oh, Sodom, my home, my life, is being destroyed by the fire and brimstone. If you turn back and look, you're not worthy of the kingdom. Because you love the world more than God's provision. Can you imagine what had happened to the Jewish people when God said through the prophet Moses, you're to take a lamb, you're to slit its throat, and then dip and then put it in the, on the mantle in the side parts of your doorway. What if the majority of Jewish people did not decide to do that? Do you think they would still be alive in Egypt today? Absolutely not. 
They had to step out of themselves and walk by God's wisdom. And I'll tell you this, there are times when God's wisdom makes no earthly sense. Because we're trying to go by our intellect, our thinking. See, God calls us, asks us to step out, to trust him. When he said to our father Abraham, he said, now I, I now want you to leave your father and mother and go to another land. The Lord didn't give him a map. He didn't tell him where he was going to go. He was basically saying, if you truly want to be with me and be my servant and serve me, simply obey. Just as a child, remember when we were children and our parents came up to us and they said, I'm going to take you to such and such place. They didn't give us a map. We just simply either got in the vehicle or took them by the hand and they took us wherever they were going to go. We trusted them. See, it's that same childlike innocence and humility, submission that God desires for his children, no matter how long you walk with the Lord. So continuing. Those who operate by the world's wisdom cannot understand spiritual things. Would you say, Rabbi? Those who operate by the world's wisdom cannot understand spiritual things. Why? Because it brings confusion to believers. If the Father is not your source, and you don't recognize that he is the one to make the decision what you receive, in what you do, in the provision. And there are times, sometimes, when the Heavenly Father has said to Rabbi Frank, no. Or he's just silent. He knows the best for me. And I trust him. Continuing. Worldly wisdom will do anything to promote itself. How many people now in the ministry are now being exposed because they're into self-promotion at all costs? Continuing. Even to injure others. Worldly wisdom will do anything to promote itself. Even to injure others. Sadly, it was even among the Talmudim, the disciples who argued over the place of honor in the kingdom. Remember the story? They were arguing. And James, Yaakov, and John, Yohanan, asked their mother to persuade Yeshua, Jesus, that when he entered into their kingdom, one would sit on his right and his left. They were always disputing which of them were the greatest. So think about this. Yeshua poured his life in these 12 men for three to three and a half years. He worked miracles. He started the transformation process with them, but still they hadn't arrived. And these are the 12 he's going to turn over for the kingdom of God to be built with. See, God sees the finished work. Yeshua could see the transformation in the leaven of these lives. But one of them was in rebellion. Why? Because he went after the wisdom of the world. He tried to appease those religious 
leaders of that day. He severed his relationship with Yeshua. He followed after his own carnal natural desires, his own wisdom. And now he's been eternally separated from the presence of Abba, Father God, Yeshua, and the Ruach HaKodesh. And think about this. His extended family members, we will know in the future how many members of Judas's own family of Iscariot came to know Messiah. Praise be unto God. There's going to be a lot of surprises in heaven. Blessed be the name of the Lord. So the two consequences of earthly wisdom are what? Both disorder and evil practice. Literally, every worthless work. Did not Yeshua give many examples? Absolutely. When a man was contemplated, well, should I build bigger store, storage containers, bigger barns? So I'm having a wonderful harvest here. Did not the Lord say to him directly, you wicked man, for this evening your own soul will be required of you? How much better of him to inquire of the Lord, say, Lord, you bless me with all this abundance. Who should I give it to? And I believe the Spirit of the living God would have spoken to him. Give it to the poor, those who are suffering. For great is your reward in heaven. So continuing here, praise be unto God. Next, the wisdom that comes from heaven is manifested through Yeshua God's son. You want to see the right application of godly wisdom that is pure and holy and submissive in every shape and form and every expression. You know, there are times where it says in the scripture, Yeshua was exhausted. He had to get away from the crowds and spend time in the presence of his father so he could be refreshed. He knows our weakness. And think about the time when he was praying in earnestly. Right after Passover, he was on the Mount of Olives. And the Father was saying, it's now time to, for you to lay down your life. And Yeshua showing his humanity. He said, Father, is there another way? But Yeshua, being both God and man, knew that there was no other way. And he's willing to submit himself to the will of the Father, walking in his wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. Because if you read scripture very closely, Yeshua went on to say, not my will, but your will be done. Because he knew and he proclaimed, no one takes my life. I lay it down. And he was there to also raise it up. He had that authority and power, for he is God. So continuing here, the wisdom that comes from heaven is manifested through Yeshua, God's son, made available through his Ruach HaKodesh, his Holy Spirit, written in this holy book, the Bible, and delivered in a steady flow 
from God to his children. How do we know this? Yaakov, chapter 1, verse 5 says this. Now, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask God, who gives to all generously and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But there's one requirement that's there. What is that? Your wealth? Your intellect? No, your humility. You're willing to ask the Father, Father, I don't know what to do. I'm beside myself. I don't know which way to turn. But I have to give an answer. Father, what is your answer? What is your wisdom? What is your discernment? I want to walk in with the vision. Even if I lose everything, I have you for you're my all. Continuing. Praise be unto God. Wisdom from heaven, it enables God's people to lay a solid foundation for all of life. And contemplate this for just one millisecond. You and I are leaving a legacy to our natural born children, yes, and grandchildren, great-grandchildren, but also those who, of us who do not have children. We have spiritual children. We have brothers and sisters in Messiah that are watching our lives. And they're contemplating because they don't know what to do. And we're living out examples, putting our trust in the Father's wisdom. And when they see that being lived out in our lives, they are then inspired because we're willing to walk in the same place that Yeshua walked. All our callings are different. They're unique. The gifts and abilities that the Spirit of living God gives to us are the, for the furtherance and the building of the kingdom and blessing our brothers and sisters in Messiah. And so think about that every time when you make a decision. Why not simply inquire the Lord first? so that you can give a great example and allow your heart and mind to be transformed by the spirit of the living God. Praise be God. Next, we're going to go ahead and look at there are two kinds of wisdom. That which is worldly, unscriptural, and demonic. And every fault practice out of Yaakov chapter 13 through 19. And so with this, we read it again. Who among you is wise and understanding? Let him demonstrate it by his good way of life, by actions done in humility that grows out of wisdom. But if you harbor in your hearts bitter jealousy and self-ambition, don't boast and attack the truth with lies. This wisdom is not the kind that comes down from above. On the contrary, it is worldly, unscriptural, and demonic. 
For where there is our jealousy and selfish ambition, there will be disharmony in every foul practice. But wisdom from above, first all is pure, then peaceful, kind, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. So by actions done in humility that grows out of wisdom, there are these two kinds of wisdom, which is first godly wisdom. In the Hebrew, it's pronounced chokmah. That is the word for wisdom. There is wisdom that is worldly and unscriptural, demonic, and it produces jealousy and bitter zeal and selfish ambition, followed by disharmony and every foul practice. There is a wisdom from above, which is from Father God, with whom there is neither variation nor darkness. Yaakov, James, shared this. And this wisdom is also extolled in Proverbs chapter 8 and verse 22. It speaks of this. So going forward, Yeshiahu Isaiah declared that the effect of the righteousness will be peace. The result of righteousness and quiet trust forever. In the book of Hebrews, Messianic Jews, chapter 12, verse 11, it says this. Now all discipline while it is happening does indeed seem painful and not enjoyable. But those who have been trained by it, it later produces peaceful fruit, which is righteousness. Those who know God and his faithfulness in a way others cannot. And how do we know this? Because it's spoken in more depth in Isaiah 32, 17. And also Matthew chapter 5, verses 1 through 12. So continuing. Those who know God in his faithfulness in a way that others cannot. Abba, Father God, disciplines and he uses his wisdom is the only sure way to obtain the harvest of righteousness and have true peace and shalom. Praise be unto God. And we'll end in this last verse right here. This is Yaakov, James chapter 3, verse 18. And peacemakers who sow seed in peace raise up a harvest of righteousness. And did not Yeshua say in the scripture, blessed are those who are peacemakers, for they shall inherit the kingdom of God. Shabbat Shalom and thank you for your time.